Welcome to BSD Talk number 122. It's Thursday, July 26, 2007. I just have an interview for you today, so here it is. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Warner Losh. Welcome to the show. Hi, glad to be here. And for people unfamiliar with you, who are you and what do you do? Okay, well, they know my name is Warner Losh because they heard you introduce me. Uh, I'm a FreeBSD core team member. I've been using... FreeBSD for, oh, in excess of 10 years at this point. I've been embedding uh, FreeBSD into various products at a number of different companies for about 10 years. And today I'll be talking about some of my experience with that, what are good targets for embedding FreeBSD, and what uh, other people are doing about uh, in this area. And how is embedding different than installing? Embedding is different than installing in a number of ways. One, you tend to create a master image and put that image on a number of different devices. Typically, when you install, you customize each system that you're building. The second way embedding is different than installing is you tend to want to have a subset of the system installed. And you want to, from version to version, be able to recreate that subset. With installing, you're relying on the release engineers of the project or one of our side projects, Desktop BSD, or uh, one of those guys to produce the image you install from. And thirdly, embedding tends to have and require different device driver support than the normal desktop or server that you would install. The, the devices that are in these devices tend to be a little bit different. Yeah, I always associate low-power devices with no moving parts with embedding. Right. A lot of the systems that FreeBSD is embedded into are low power, have no moving parts, uh, operate entirely out of flash, go to sleep for periods of time to conserve power. Yet, FreeBSD is also embedded in larger systems. There's uh, network routers that have more power consumption, so they need fans to dissipate the heat. There are network file servers and more complicated mail firewalling systems that have been deployed as well, and those start to even approach what you would consider to be a normal PC with disks and fans and all the moving parts that you'd associate with that. So the range that FreeBSD can be embedded into is actually quite large. Could you describe some of the platforms that you've been working on? Primarily, I've been working on uh, two platforms. One is uh, Intel-based on a single-board computer running out of a compact flash, and in, in this scenario... We have a number of custom devices that we have to talk to, get status on, make sure that they're operating correctly, retrieve measurements from. And in that environment, uh, we build onto Compact Flash. We treat the Compact Flash as any other disk, but we also try to limit the number of writes to Compact Flash. And we subset the operating system substantially. When we started doing this 16 and 32 megabyte Compact flashes were expensive, so most of our products uh, fit into that sort of size. The other set of embedded stuff that I've been doing has been uh, we have a, a lower-cost 
system based on an Atmel AT91RM9200 uh, system on chip. And in that environment, we use a combination of different technologies. We use I2C for tagging different parts with IDs. We use SPI for our boot ROM. We use SD cards to store the operating system on. And in a lot of ways, it's very similar to the previous set of things we're embedding. We have a number of custom hardware devices. We get status. We pull measurements out of. The only differences in the ARM world are we have smaller memory footprints that we have to be concerned about, and we have to be a little bit more worried about the writes we do to our file systems. And are these embedded systems built out of the main FreeBSD tree, or is it a completely separate tree? What we do is we take snapshots out of the FreeBSD tree, typically at a release time uh, or somewhere just before, just after the release, if we know some critical bug is fixed in Relinge 6 just after release, we'll take that. If we have a timeline that differs from FreeBSD, we might take like a 6.2 beta uh, and base our product on that and then merge critical changes in as FreeBSD produces its release. The tree itself tends to be almost unmodified. We have the tree embedded into our build system, so we also have the custom software that we develop, uh, a bunch of ports that we pull in and build, and some glue to uh, build everything in a root environment so that regardless of what happens to the build machine, we know we can reproduce the images that we're building from build to build. They have the same MD5 signatures. Uh, which wound up being really easy to do with FreeBSD because it's so integrated. What are the typical so, sizes of an installed system? Uh, most of the systems that we have range, as far as the image size that we put on them, range from about, I think the smallest we have is about 14 megabytes, and the largest we have installed is about 96 megabytes, although some of our systems have... Uh, multiple gigabytes of logging and storage for uh, events that happen once the systems are deployed. And are the platforms that you're developing on considered part of the FreeBSD platforms, or is that really not listed in the list of supported platforms? The platforms we're developing on, uh, all the support except for some of our specific custom hardware is integrated into the FreeBSD tree. You'll find them on the a list of supported devices, list of supported processors, everything that we've done, we've contributed back to FreeBSD directly, either through me or through others who, uh, when we fix bugs in their code. Um, in addition, we found some bugs in different ports and have contributed back to the original author to get it rolled into their future releases. All the things that I've described can be done with the FreeBSD source base we have today. And are there special file systems that you need to use on flash disks, or can you use the fast file system? We have found, uh, when we're using uh, both SD cards and compact flash, that they have enough wearability that taking some simple precautions, mounting most of the system read-only, not updating access times, and a number of other precautions like that, limiting the log files to go to a memory file system before being flashed back to a more permanent store that we've not had to do anything other than uh, FFS file systems for any of our systems except where we need to interoperate with like a MS-DOS system that's on a USB stick that gets plugged in. 
What about real-time operating system requirements? Do you support any of those needs? Uh, right now, none of our products need a real-time component. Most of the real-time things that we do, we do in hardware. So we have the OS schedule something to happen at a particular time, and the hardware does it. Or if the hardware needs to do very quick things to do a measurement at a particular time, it does all that and queues it back up to the OS. And that division has worked really well. We've not needed any real-time enhancements for FreeBSD for our products. And if end users want to try some of these embedded systems, are there just images that they can DD onto flash disks and start with, or do they have to build them from source? Right now, you need to build things from source. One of the things that that we're trying to move towards is to have different images for different boards that can be downloaded. One of the problems in the embedded space is that each board tends to be unique, so they have to buy a particular board to use an image, whereas if they build it from scratch, they don't need to do that. It takes a little bit of time to build from scratch, but it's not very intensive. There are a number of people that have put together uh, semi-embedded images that people can download for x86. PFSense, MomoWall, and FreeNAS, all of them have images that you can go to their website, put it on a disk, and, or put it on a compact flash, and you have uh, your own network-attached storage system or your own firewall. So those images are available. The images for the, the ARM and PowerPC presently are a little bit thin, and we need to uh, provide those. What about popular consumer devices like the Slug or the WRT54G router? Um, there are efforts underway to run on both of those. The Slug is a uh, X-scale ARM product, that a number of developers have, and they're looking for time to make things run on it. Uh, the WRT routers typically are MIPS-based. There's a number of different flavors and, and so forth. And in one of the Perforce repositories, we have code that will run on a couple of the variants of the currently available WRT routers, assuming they've got enough uh, RAM in them. Linksys is uh, always trying to cost-reduce the, these platforms, so they keep cutting back on the amount of flash and RAM that's available. So besides those popular platforms, are there some other platforms that you're looking to start developing for with your embedded systems? Uh, yes, there are. We've got a large amount of code right now that's waiting to come into the tree uh, that has been developed for the MIPS 4 architecture. And... These are router boards and other ADM 5120-based devices, as well as the WRT uh, work that we had talked about previously. So the, the biggest thing that's coming into the FreeBSD tree is the FreeBSD MIPS port. We hope to get that in before 7.0, but there's a number of logistical things that might postpone that past 7.0. It would be in 7.1 if it's not in 7.0. And why does FreeBSD work well as an embedded operating system? You know, there are other ones that people are aware of, maybe from VxWorks or NetBSD. What are the strengths of FreeBSD in this space? Well, FreeBSD has focused primarily on servers for a number of years, and that focus has given it particularly strong networking and parallelism that are becoming increasingly important inside these embedded devices. There are a number of companies that have uh, FreeBSD routers that they actually sell in addition to hobbyists doing it one at a time. And the primary reason for that is the strength 
of the FreeBSD networking and the friendliness of the BSD license for commercial development and exploitation. So how do you raise the awareness of FreeBSD as an embedded operating system? By doing interviews such as this one and advertising the capabilities in more prominent places. When 7.0 is released, there'll be more information in the release notes about this. There will be more articles done to uh, highlight the different companies that are presently embedding FreeBSD into their products, in addition to articles that highlight the capabilities of the system. Are there embedded specific FreeBSD developer summits? Right now, there's not an, uh, an embedded specific FreeBSD developer summit. BSD can each year typically has a number of people that are embedding FreeBSD into their products, and there are a number of uh, presentations on what people have done in addition to a lot of, uh, I guess, hallway track that happens there where people get together and talk about what the strengths and weaknesses of FreeBSD and the embedded platform that they're doing are, or talk about some other OS and wish they could move to FreeBSD if it only had this or that, or that they are moving to FreeBSD because it has this and that. So that's the primary one right now, although there's not a specific conference for FreeBSD embedded work. And if people want to try it or start working with the group, where should you go in order to meet up with the developers? Well, the best place right now to go is there's a mailing list embedded at freebsd.org, and all the embedded developers hang out there. Primarily, that list is focused more on the lower end of the embedded spectrum that FreeBSD works on. So new architectures, ARM, PowerPC, MIPS, uh, in addition to uh, the low-end Socrus devices are topics of conversation there. In addition, the different architectural ports have a mailing list as well. So there, if you want to do a product based on ARM, there's ARM at freebsd.org. PowerPC is PowerPC at freebsd.org, and there's also MIPS at freebsd.org that talks about the different porting efforts that are underway to MIPS. Great. Well, are there any other topics that you wanted to talk about today? The only other um, thing that I would add is that this is something I noticed in my notes that I've neglected to include in a prior answer, is that uh, since FreeBSD has an integrated source tree, you don't have to spend the time rolling your own distribution in order to use FreeBSD in products. All the things that you need to build and cross-build FreeBSD are present in the FreeBSD repository, um, which is a significant advantage. And the only other thing is the BSD license, which has allowed companies to exploit BSD software, has allowed them to be very successful in the past. And as new restrictions with other open source licenses are coming into fold, people are taking a fresh look at what BSD licensed software has to offer them, particularly those that wish to build products around FreeBSD. So those are the only other two things I wanted to add. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, sure. No problem. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 122.